to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to another episode of Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. This week, we are continuing our exploration of deep cover with Boom's pick, 1996's Set It Off. And Set It Off. Without just a little tease about how I felt about this movie. <laughs> I was on cloud nine watching the whole oh thing. I stopped taking notes about, about five minutes into this movie. And then started live. And then live responding, responding to boom and catcher, my feelings yeah. about this movie. And we will get to those very shortly. Whew. It's going to be so a big ready. episode. I, I said it last week. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the greatest synonauts exploration to date? And I think so this far, be best two for two, it's a yes. Um, but before we get to that, I can't wait to crash this shit <laughs> right at the end with Miami Vice. Great, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have faith in it. I have faith in it. I do. Um, let's let's catch up though. What did y'all What did y'all do this week? What did y'all watch? I watched Turning Red. Oh, I'll I'll leave I'll leave it at that. There might be more. <laughs> there might be more coming later. Um. But then, other okay. So what I okay. One thing I want, I would like to say is I listened to uh, film uh-huh. hags. You oh. guys dropped the the uh, not thirst. spicy the thirsty I mean, spicy yeah the thirsty Batman episode, um, which I have to say was a blast to listen to and was very funny, but uh. It was also incredibly insightful, and I really loved that. Um, there was like a couple, like because you guys were just selling it on the sort of like rated X. We, yeah, we were exper- selling the sex hardcore on this one, but we are yes. a bunch of smart bitches too. So don't you ever forget mm. it. That's right, and uh, and so I just wanted to shout that out because if you're afraid of the thirst, please don't be afraid. Embrace the thirst, and also leave with some more info. So I just wanted to yeah throw listening that out to there. that episode. Um, was the first time I had ever heard the phrase edging in relation to Batman. To Batman. Cinematic edging, <laughs> well, I think, seems is the, the term that was coined that the official episode. official term, cinematic edging. Mm. Cinematic edging. Amazing. And I've never felt something That's a t-shirt. so That's hard true. in my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Feels right. Speaking of great literary criticism, I just borrowed this book uh, from the library using Hoopla. Look at you go, uh, Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Thank you. She wouldn't use her um, She would be, she would get it physically. Yeah. She would physically go. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's uh, a collection of writings by Pauline Kale, who is uh, like a, a film critic, a writer. And uh, I've seen a couple of like these interview mm-hmm. clips of her like on Instagram every once in a while. And uh, the way she spoke, was just great and very insightful and very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, and I just found her really interesting. So I did some research on her a bit and uh, finally got my like hoopla thing hooked up onto my Kobo. That, well, I just bought Emma a Kobo for What's a Kobo? Christmas. Sorry. But... And, oh, it's like a, a Kindle. It's oh, an e-reader. Kobo. Yeah. Um, Maybe yeah. it's Canadian. I don't and, know. Yeah, it uh, Canadian, yeah. 
Yeah, it was like bought by Rakuten, but they were originally like got just com- got a it, company for e-readers. Anyways. What's um, Rakuten? Just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, so just a collection of her writings mm. on film. Uh, and I'm just, I, I have not been pulled to read a book in mm. a, a while. And on the weekend, I told them, I was like, excuse me. I'm going to bed now and I'm going to read. Wow. And I like spent a good Excuse like me. couple hours reading. Yeah. I know. Uh, it was nice. And Any so, films yeah. in there you. that they talk about that made you like want to watch it? Uh, I went kind of through the table of contents and there's like a bunch of stuff. Uh, Emma, I'm going to bed. I'm going to read. Don't interrupt me. Oh, how was your, oh, how was your book? Uh, I read through the table of contents. <laughs> That's it. That's all it was. Well, I read the yeah, introduction first. Uh, and then I watched the port. No, um, uh, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't. But there's like a whole bunch of movies that yeah. are really interesting. Like she dives into a, a whole mm. wide range of stuff. So yeah, uh, I'm nice. very excited. What's, what's the I'm uh, very excited. what's it? What's it called? It's a great question. <laughs> no idea. I just rent, I just borrowed the only one that they had available. Sure. I love this. Uh, okay, so the book is called The Age of Movies, uh-huh. Selected Writings of Pauline mm-hmm. Kael. Um, but there is, like, I was just looking through it quickly. She does a few pieces on The mm-hmm. Godfather, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's big into uh, Robert Altman, oh, yeah. so Nashville. Uh, I'm yeah. excited. Just, yeah, so very interested to nice. dive into those. But there's a ton of it. She has a, few, a bunch of books, so I just think people should check her out. She's a cool, interesting uh Nice. Critic, so. Let's see. Uh, my end, uh, I watched Turning Red. Uh, Do you have that song stuck in your head like so bad? I have the prayer song stuck in my head a little the more. The prayer? Oh, okay. <laughs> that well, also well, that's good of you. But yeah, the, also, yeah, the, the pop song is also a banger, which written by Billie Eilish and her brother, whatever his name is. Phineas. Phineas. Yeah, they I wrote know. They wrote all yeah, of the songs yeah. for that. I messaged movie. Sophie and I was like, what's a Phineas? And she was like, oh, that's Billy Eilish's brother. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Well, Whoops. he's good at music, I guess. Because yeah. that song is a bop. It's yeah, he's her producer, I think, from, for like all her music. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, he's the only one oh, that produces like, for I her. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Turning Red, I can speak about it a little it's more. Good. Um, I liked it a lot. It's not my favorite Pixar. I would, I don't think I'd put it in like top tier either. Like, like I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. Um, like I just really love the really like heady Pixar they do now. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, inside out soul, you know, I really like, I'm very into that. Mm. So turning red was like, is definitely feels like more of a kid's movie, which is great, obviously. Um, so yeah. I liked a lot of it. Uh, just like, wasn't my favorite Pixar, but I like, liked it a hell of a lot more than Luca that I watched like 10 minutes of and shut off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wasn't great. I yeah, I couldn't even make it past twenty minutes. Like this is not for me. Uh, so turning red, I I I thought it was really good. Um, my biggest like takeaway from that is like all the controversy, quote unquote, sorry, quote unquote controversy uh, that white male reviewers are writing about how they like can't connect with turning red because like they're not an Asian girl from Toronto. I'm sorry. After watching, <laughs> after watching it. It's like actually more offensive because the movie is like yeah. barely about it's like being you're not even Asian. Trying, yeah. Like, like they are an Asian family and there are Asian themes. But like I wrote in my review, you know, it's really about growing up and finding yourself and becoming a teenager. And like 
how many and like these people who think, oh, I can't relate. Do they think Chinese people just like really like pray to red pandas and like turn to red pandas? Like the, how yeah. how insane yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's such a lazy way to kind of interact with content because it would be no. This film is no different than like having a conversation with your friend about like their culture. Like it's it's there and it's like intertwined with yeah, it, but, but it's, it's not, not at the about. forefront. Not at all. Like and it's like this nice, exciting part of it that I thought was so well done. So it's so annoying that the f- white male critics are like. Ugh, yeah. Whatever. They'll and, never be happy. I know. And That's on uh, them. Tara and I, Tara's catching up on the best picture noms. Yesterday yes. night, she's like, "All right, let's do it. I'm gonna watch. Let's watch Dune. Dune it. Let's yeah. Dune it up. We get to 14 minutes, 38 <laughs> seconds. What was what? What's happening? What's Tara. happening at that point? This is like like the, the like the uh, they just si- signed off. Like Arrakis, like Jason Momoa had just popped okay. up, and she's like, "I'm done." If Momoa can't save you, Tara at that literally point. was like, "Can you pause it?" I was like, "Sure." She's like, "How much time has it been?" I was like, 14 minutes." She's like, <laughs> "Okay, I can't do this. This is like the most boring thing I've ever seen." So we turned it off, and then we watched three episodes of Love Is Blind season two. Uh, Love Is Blind yes, season Tara. two. Oh my god! What I didn't. Wa- I it? loved Love Love Is Blind season one, but I didn't watch uh-huh. season two because I was like, "There's no way." a show this crazy can be done twice and three episodes yeah. in, I'm incorrect. They absolutely, Boy, did they, ever. <gasps> they absolutely can find people wild enough to do this concept twice. Uh, and so far the three episodes in has been very juicy and fun to watch. Just love is blind better than Dune. Heard it here first. Boom. Um, what did I get up to? I finished, I've been following along with Pam and Tommy, mm. uh, week to week. Mm-hmm. I think I may be the oh, only really? person like nobody's talking yeah, about Yeah, we fell show. off a little bit. We we watched the first three or four episodes and we just kind of never went back to it. Yeah, it, it's nothing to write home about. Um, I thought it was entertaining and I was kind of excited or like happy to put it on each mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was solid, like well done. It does exactly what they're setting out to do in terms of like, again, tapping into this like nostalgia moment they're really doubling down on the fact that this is like this sex tape is the sex tape that like was emerging at the kind of during the birth of the internet and you know and that element of it is 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 interesting but also they lean on it pretty heavily um and a lot of like the narrative stuff was just very in your face but I think the performances were good and fun um and yeah and then what else what else? What else? Oh, I went to see After Yang on oh, uh, nice. Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Tiff Lightbox to see it. It was like very, I went into it blind. So I had like no clue what I was watching. I was mm-hmm. just like, whatever, like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing that I would have ever imagined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was very, and also, I should probably stay at the front of this because my, like, where I landed with it was like a little bit like on the medium side. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but didn't love it. And I know a lot of people are loving it, but I think I just need to be upfront and honest and say that I fell asleep, but <laughs> in the theater, but it was only because it was so ch- like, it really creates a env- nice, like peaceful environment where you just do feel very like <laughs> chill, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, almost I, like a, if you- I, I liked it. I, I was kind of surprised. Like, so many 
five bangers were coming through. Like I, yeah. li- I liked it. Um, I don't think I got everything on my first watch. Like I do want to rewatch it because I think I like yeah. missed some of the things that were going on there. Do you think but... some like there's like some world stuff that you yeah. might? Yeah, yeah. What I, I liked, catch on. yeah. What I liked about it is like it felt very like simple, but the world they were introducing us to was like very interesting right this kind of like future realist vibe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um like some of the set stuff i thought was really interesting yeah the tea cool. shop was amazing the tea shop was really cool and i also liked the way they were kind of presenting these like ideas and questions but not really like setting out to answer them in any strong way but i felt like i it left me thinking quite a bit like in terms of kind of like technology where we're going relationships things like that like very Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. but then there were parts of it that literally just felt like i was looking watching an instagram feed you know yeah like very stylized very kind of dull and very contrived and i never felt like i like fully allowed myself to connect with it maybe it's because i was sleeping I don't know, but I definitely think people should that, that watch might have it. Might have like, to do with it but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was only for a little, like I wasn't asleep for the whole thing, but it is very, like very chill movie. Like I felt very calm. Mm. So yeah, that was me. That was my weekend. Thank you for your bravery mm. on that statement. Yeah. Oh yeah, no worries. But it was though, right? Like there was that yeah, one part no, where it was like very kind of like meditative. It's like yeah, it's coffee, very meditative and very tree. like yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, what? What are we doing? Like, what are we saying here? Like, it's not that deep, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, anything else? No, just that song from Turning Red Turning stuck red. in my head forever. <laughs> it is a banger. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. So this week's, uh, exploration of deep cover is, uh, 1996's Set It Off. The plot is, uh, four women played by Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, Vivica A. Fox, and Kimberly Elise. Uh, times hit them a little hard in, uh, the inner city of LA. And so they decide to start robbing banks. Mm-hmm. to uh get some payback not only monetarily but emotional payback as well um yeah. yeah boom please take it away all right let's do this all right so let's get into our time machines <laughs> okay we're gonna go back to about 1995 um helena so also. Just to kind of like preemptively give my thing on this. This is more so about like the studio journey with this film mm. because I was like watching some interviews and like doing some digging and I actually find it quite interesting. So Helena Echigoyen, probably saying that wrong. She's working as an executive at New Line Cinemas. She's one of the first black women in this role. Um, after watching Thelma and Louise, which again, in this weird cosmic podcast world, uh, 70 millimeters covering this week. Um, so anyways, after watching Thelma and Louise, Helena is incredibly inspired, um, by the story as it's rare to see women in leading Mm -hmm. roles like this. And she finds this idea of women doing crime, like, uh, in its nature is presented the way it's presented in Thelma and Louise brings on this like incredible fantasy of empowerment. Those are her Mm. words. Um, so she takes this idea to a screenwriter, uh, Takashi 
Bufford. Takashi Takashi Bufford, yeah, I think. Anyways, so Takashi loves the idea and pretty much instantly, like, turns around 40 pages on it. Uh, And they're like, this is it. This is the vibe. This is what we're going to do. They bring in Kate Lanier, who's pretty green at this point in time. But she does go on, like, later she goes on to write Beauty Shop that Queen Latifah starred in. Mm -hmm. And the most underrated iteration of A Star is Born, which is 2001's infamous flop, Glitter. (laughs) So the woman who wrote, set it off, wrote, also wrote Glitter, just so y'all know. Um, Yeah, so Kate finishes the script. They're ready to go. They get F. Gary Gray on board, who just done uh friday and seen mm-hmm. huge success from that he also had done that with new line uh and he was also known for kind of making music videos this is before that but he did um outcast miss mm-hmm. jackson mm-hmm. and he did the no scrubs music video i believe mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. or no he did waterfalls which mm-hmm. is even more iconic infamous, iconic, iconic right. yeah for tlc anyways so they get him on board he's super stoked about it Everybody who's working on the project up until this point was incredibly excited about it. However, they knew the chances of this film actually being made were insanely low. So I was like watching behind the scenes interviews of like them actually making the film. And everybody who's kind of like the writers and producers who are giving interviews like while the film's being made were like, I don't know how this movie got greenlit. Like we're just we're just going with it. Um, and then even 10 years later, that's still like, I think I w- was watching an interview from like the DVD release and they're like, we, d- we knew this was going to be insane. Like, this is like a black woman, which mm-hmm. aren't a box office draw. You have cops being presented in this like antagonistic kind of way, which is another thing. You have an openly proud queer character. They're like, there's no way this is going to happen. But for some, by some divine miracle, I guess they took it to the right producer. I don't know what. and. The film, they were just like, yeah, you can do it. Um, so, yeah. So, they're given $9 million, a $9 million budget to turn this film into the absolute magic that it is. That's how they and got it done. They probably gave them the, $9 million yeah. and, like, there's no way they're going to be able to do this in $9 million and they'll cancel it themselves. Exactly. Right? And the, and not to mention, so they gave $9 million. Give them $9 million and are basically up, like... F. Gary Gray's ass the entire time, right? right? Like watching him like a hawk. And if you watch interviews of the way he kind of put together these action scenes and how he was like, it was a fluke and like I had one chance to do it, but he had like really hyper conceptualized what he wanted to do and see. Um, the dedication to just making this film is insane with everybody involved. But anyways, we'll get into that. And it, So I know we like to start these discussions like the person who picked the film usually asks a question a deep question my question to you both is what the fuck took you so long (laughs) (laughs) no reason in particular (laughs) on my end i mean i i i'm white i grew up i haven't heard like i had heard of this movie but i had never heard like praise about it you know i just like oh have you heard of this movie? like i think i heard of it a lot when um like widows came out like it kind of mm-hmm. came up in conversation yeah just because like there's like pretty easy comparisons to be made there um yeah i mean that's that's basically it mostly because i just had heard it in passing and that's about it yeah i mean i didn't even i don't even think i probably knew this movie even existed 
probably. Um, I've been trying to get you to watch it since we've been friends. Well, well, that's what I was just going to say. On top of that, I've also just, like, I just need to learn to listen to you more. Mm -hmm. Because you just always tell, you're always putting me on the right path. Mm -hmm. And I'm just always so reluctant. So thank you for sticking with me. Thank you. That's all I needed Um, to hear, guys. We can move on now. (laughs) This will be be better people. I wrote this in my review. This movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. I after the first five minutes I stopped taking notes because I was like this movie absolutely is gonna fucking rock and then it just kept going and being awesome the whole time <clears throat> like going on what you know boom just asked us like I am shocked this movie is not in like the canon of heist movies I had mm-hmm. way more fun watching this than like heat <laughs> Or like the Italian job, uh, which, which actually is also think, directed which, by F. F. Gary Gray, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You know, great. like this movie fucking rocked. It was so good. Like, I like definitely like it's immediately on my list of movies. Like, like a hundred percent something I would watch again. You know, with yeah, and like with heist mm-hmm. movies, like I don't love them typically, um, but this is just so fucking good and and like yeah especially for the like i hate saying like for the time but it's true like boom said i mean it's a miracle this movie fucking got made but like in retrospect now like looking at the cast who's in it it's like no shit this movie got made and and like right in the opening scene of like the opening scene bank robbery like so many things happen right away where i was like okay this isn't gonna be like a normal heist movie like first of all it doesn't Mm -hmm. start off with like the bad guys doing that or like the main criminals doing the heist, right? She's working at the bank and then yeah. a fucking white woman gets shot in the head. A bunch of cops die. The <laughs> most like the original villains who you imagine like would be like who are going to be like the villains of the, or like the robbers in this movie, they all die. And so like yeah. they, they kill off a whole bunch of people at the beginning and like set it up to be like, this is going to be like your cast of characters. And after that, I was like, yes, this is fucking awesome. Like, Oh yeah. It it just completely removed a lot of tropes from heist movies that like I think are like kind of boring. Like how many 100%. heist movies do you see where like it starts off like their first crime and like it shows you like how techy they all are, all that sort of stuff. But it's it's just exactly. a break in the formula and it was it's so cool. hundred percent. Yeah, it's, there's the, No, go ahead. Go it ahead, starts go. the way that a heist movie would start, as in like the action's kind of there, mm-hmm. the the robbery's already happening. And then it just totally shifts Mm -hmm. and gets taken to this place where then we're going through these like very character driven emotional journeys. Um, So you really friggin feel for these women and they're just doubling down on tragedy, but then they just are taking matters into their own hands. And then it just like kind of blows up into this like ridiculous movie that's so amazing like yeah. every yeah it's and real quick and then catcher like the yeah. thing that also i love is that like what boo says about like the emotional thing is that the all the the, the four main women you know none of them are like ex-criminals or none of them like yeah. have this sort of like military or like crime background like they all like you you're rooting for them to do this heist because like various wrongs had happened against them over the course of the movie 
instead of just being like, oh, like these are cool, like bank robbers, you know, like stuff yeah. like that, which is like the yeah. typical heist type thing, or like, oh, they're millionaires and they just like want to make more money. Like they set up like very like relatable stakes as to why like they're doing these crimes. And I think it's like fucking awesome. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not as enthusiastic mm-hmm. as the both of you. It's not that I didn't think it was bad. I just like did not, uh, I did not just get, I just did not get as jazzed, I think, as you, like you both are about it. Um, but it's nice that you are. And it was exciting to hear like Ian just go off and get so excited because there are so many great moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Just going on to the, like um, the change of expectation, the idea that like the, their first attempt at a bank robbery is so like mm-hmm. botched mm-hmm. and so like put together one of them runs away right before it starts they're like most of their wigs, wigs don't even yeah. look like they're, <laughs> yeah like they're not their wigs are not even on that well like it's it's all of these like grand ideas about what like they've all they've thought about is the outcome of the plan as opposed to what the plan should be yeah. um, right she's yeah what is but, it jada's basically like i work at a bank like I know what to do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So that should that should be enough. Um, and then you know it's just bad. Like in, oh no no no, Vivica Fox works at the bank, right? It's Vivica Fox works oh, at the Vivica, bank. Yeah, yeah, Frankie, yeah. Frankie, yeah. Frankie, yeah. Oh, and um, she gives that she, like at the beginning. Oh, sorry, go, go. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. At the beginning, when the robbery happens and she's being questioned because oh. she knows the robbers, yeah, it's like also just. Like, I know I get, um, like, pissed about these, like, intense, like, traumatic narratives. In 1996, like, this film is clearly a, a I mean, a direct result of a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it's, like, post, very fresh, like, post-Rodney King. Mm-hmm. But, like, v- her performance in that scene and the way they're just kind of, like, shift everything immediately. She's like, I count, I counted 200 grand by hand. Yeah. I'm like, you're, I got a promotion last week. I'm the best worker in here. And because I know this guy who came and shot up the bank, you're going to tell me, like, oh, my God, her, I, Vivica, thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Just had to nerd out on Viv's. Yeah, no, that, but that's the thing. I really like that. And it's in, like you said, the movie does just such a great job, that scene included, of setting up why, you know, four people who you wouldn't, you know, traditionally peg as bank mm-hmm. robbers go out of their way because they're all put in situations where that's the, like, I, in their own, in their own mind, that's the only option they have left. And it's like, that's what's so, sort of interesting. And I love that. I love that this pairs so well with, with Deep Cover because there is a lot of like, it deals a lot of, uh, with a lot of this social, the social creation of like, of of society defining who you think you are and what you're capable mm-hmm. of doing and what you what 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 role you mm-hmm. serve. Yeah, and also getting lost in that as well, right? Like, right, exactly, exactly. Who are you? In society, when like you are constantly being told by other people who you are and what you should do and who you should be, mm-hmm. um, like there's this amazing thing where uh, Stony is talking with uh, Cleo, uh, right? Yeah, Cleo's one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and she's talking about like, like 
this idea of like going up and doing more and being more and like escaping this stuff. And she's just like, this is, this is, why are we pretending this? This is what we're supposed to be doing. And it's like these sort of two visions of the, like the expectation of your life and like where you can be and where you can go and what you can achieve. Like, like I said before, they set up the stakes for each of these women, like really well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, for, I forget who it is. Um, I'm, I'm like on the, like on the character names, you know, like one of them, she's trying to pay for her, uh, oh, Pinkett, uh, Stoney's, she's trying to pay for her younger brother to like go mm. to UCLA and like how she's doing that is like, she's basically like, um, you know, offering her body up for sex to like some guy in the neighborhood. Like that's how she's doing it, you know? Uh, and then, you know, he gets gunned down. Like the brother gets gunned down oh. for holding like a champagne bottle, Brutal. like by, you know, the cop who later ends up chasing them around as the bank robbers. Like it's just set up very well to make mm -hmm. people, you know, feel, you know, to, to make you really like understand them. But yeah. at the same time, they don't like it's written. So where you're not like actively like, rooting for them to do bad things if that makes sense like they make a big deal when that first height when that one heist goes wrong and they actually end up shooting someone and like they're all freaking out they're like we weren't supposed to hurt anyone like this was not this was not the plan like we were supposed to do this no one was ever supposed to get hurt and so when that happens and then that's what really sets the motion that the wheels in motion like for like the fucking amazing finale like oh it's, it's just like it's just so yes. so well done it's just so good yeah you know i don't know it's 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 great it's yeah, it's this mix of just like real life of of kind of like what was going on in the world at that time. And then also this like fun fantasy of empowerment, which is like what she, um what's her the producer woman said. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Um, but you kind of just get lost in like the fun of this film and and you get lost in the characters, but you also still feel like it's very thought provoking and you're learning a lot. Um, even the way they kind of position the police, like I do think that they seem very antagonistic, mm -hmm. but where we end with them, it's like <clears throat> what it's not saying like, I mean, I'm obviously very ACAP, but like the way <laughs> he lets, <laughs> if, if you didn't know, um, but the way he sees Stony at the end, not to jump there on the bus, yeah. and it's just kind of like, okay, enough now. Because it's like, you see him just like, he's just as much as of like, the he's kind of on the same trajectory as them. Like, they kind of get a taste of money. They're like, we want more, more, more. For him, he's just trying to fucking bag him and tag him. Like, and, and he gets a hinch and he, a hunch and he keeps going and keeps going and he fucking kills somebody. He doesn't care. Just like, keeps going. So... But I don't he's, know. It's he's, very yeah. The, the the cop. Um, I need it. We need yeah, to talk the cop, about him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doctor Cox from Scrubs also. <laughs> a uh, Lieutenant Strode. Yeah, Strode. I think. Uh, John C. McKinley. Mc McKinley. Uh, McKinley. I thought he was a really really interesting character. Um, because they introduce him as like a clearly racist cop. Um when he's, uh, you know, interrogating Vivica A. Fox saying like, you know, she's definitely involved. Her friends like brought her, like she, those are yeah. her friends, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then later, but so that's your first impression of him. And then later in the film, when he accidentally, or when someone or like his squad shoots, um, Stoney's brother. And he's the first one to run up and be like, 
this isn't like this was a mistake. Like this was not correct. I'm not saying it, yeah. I'm not defending him for being a good guy, but like they're kind of setting him up as like he's also kind of just like doing his job in like a sort of weird yeah. sort of way. And then again, like at the very end, you know, he tries but he to gets like so lost. He tr- yeah, he does get lost in it. And at the end, he tries to like stop the situation. He like goes up unarmed, being like, yo, like, let's just stop this right here. You know, we don't have to keep mm-hmm. going down this road. I, I just thought he was a very, very complex character. Um, and it, it yeah. was it was interesting. Yeah. Oh, catcher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the film tries to make him complex, and in that I can appreciate it but his journey through the movie just doesn't like i just don't think it sells i don't think it it sells it effective like effectively great for trying and i like the ending is cool is interesting like i like that he looks up and i'm like oh he's learned you know the too little too fucking late but no but not just that but it's like it just seems like such a like it's such a roller coaster with him where it's like he's first he's being super racist to Vivica A. Fox being like you're responsible because you're black and they're black and you know each other so clearly you were involved Mm -hmm. in this to still wanting to then to like so he's wrong about that and then in weird way then he's right right later on because that's how he connects her to the robberies that start happening so it's like he was a bastard for thinking this way but in a weird way it's like justified because he was in a weird way right but later and then okay then he sort of hates that then all of a sudden he starts growing a conscience which is nice because he realizes we don't need more death but it just like i never see i never i see him change but i never see what makes him change like i don't think they sell that opening thing though right like what he is saying is obviously racist but he is also correct that's the point of him yelling like what's the protocol for for a robbery and when she doesn't do the protocol and then it turns out she knows these people they they put it together to it's like well yeah it seems like they're involved right he's wrong obviously but that's why i think the writing's interesting because from his perspective it is correct, yeah. right? Because she doesn't do and it. He's correct. And yeah. He's correct. He is correct in the situation, right? Like she's he's like, why didn't you do the one thing you're supposed to do? Because yeah. uh, what's her name even yeah. says, yeah, I've been told two million times, and so she has to say, I was totally. trying to stop it from happening, which she is also correct, you know. But I think that's why it's like a complex. That's why I, I think yeah. it's interesting there. But you're never siding with him, but it's like we're as the audience, like we're in on it, something that he's not. So it's like, we can see Mm -hmm. him exactly for what he is. We know he's like a racist dirt cop. Who's like too fucking caught up in the game and sees people as targets or opportunities to get himself ahead. Mm -hmm. Even if they're laying dead on the street, Mm -hmm. but we, we see that and we understand that But he doesn't, he's living in this delusional like world. And I think that's what makes him interesting. And, he comes around at the end, but it doesn't, you're not like, yeah, I'm happy he's done this. But yeah. the question, the question that's posed by his journey is pretty powerful because mm. it's just like, when is it enough? Like he's been chasing these women down and and made it his biz- business and all of that. And then, you know, he sees the final or sorry, so he sees like this woman gunned down in front of him after seeing all these women now die mm-hmm. because he, because he's been in such hot pursuit 
he didn't he he's going like the most like brute force way of trying to like get them right that's a whole other part of of it which obviously leads to some amazing action scenes like with the helicopter and like all that shit um yeah so fucking good and like just visualized and in a way that like you don't always see in action films um anyways i'm side getting sidetracked but I know, I, but I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The pro, the only thing is, I just don't see it's just for me. I feel like he hits the points in the script where the things change, but I just don't feel it mm. coming from him. It just doesn't mm. feel natural. Like I get yeah. the points you're making mm. are true. The writing is good. I don't see it like, I, but I don't see it come alive mm. in 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 as a nice or elegant way mm. as I would like. Mm-hmm. The points mm. are all there. Like, I love the turmoil. To me, I just would have liked to have seen that more in the mm. performance and less in the plot. Mm. Like, like mm. I just think it would have been better. The points are all good, though. That's the thing for me. It's like, this movie isn't a five out of five because I think stuff like that happens where it just doesn't translate. Like, it's trying for something and what it's trying for is amazing and it just doesn't necessarily land in execution completely. But so much of it is there that you get what's happening and and the themes are bringing up are interesting and fun executed, and then you get all these amazing action sequences and and moments of the film that are just ex- so exciting to watch. When Queen Latifah goes and steals that truck and smashes into the bank because <laughs> oh their car is so caught good. behind the cops, like that's bananas. Yeah. But you're just like, okay, I'm in. Like, yes, more of this craziness. I like this. The Action sequences, I mean, boom, when you said this movie had a $9 million budget, that totally blew my mind. Like, yeah, there are some legit considering what they pulled action sequences in this movie and like just really cool stuff um, with, again, like big names. They weren't huge names at the time, but I mean, Queen Latifah was, I, I think, a very well-known name by this point, And um, Vivica Fox, I imagine, was too. I want to talk about like the group of girls because mm-hmm. something, again, what I think when I talked about how the movie like broke a lot of tropes that we don't um that we don't really see in, in that we see too much in heists are like the way they set up the characters also it's like in every heist movie every robbery movie they're like oh this they like do their character introductions oh this is the tech guy this is the arms expert this is the explosives person but right. in set it off they introduce all these characters like they introduce queen latifah as like the hothead just through her actions not like saying, not there's not anyone saying, oh, her doll, oh yeah, you got to be careful about her. She's like the crazy one. You know, like they set up, she's like pretty reckless just like in what she does in her daily life. And that pays off mm-hmm. so well at the end. And like yeah, how they set up like, you know, other characters of like that. I mean, I, I, to me, I just think that's that's so well done. Um, boom, what do you think it about? It covers. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, absolutely love it. Like them as a group just works so well and you cover just like, all of these women, it's kind of similar to like Sex in the City, where mm. it's just like you see a yes. little bit of yourself in all of them. Um, and like they are very distinct. So like obviously Queen Latifah is kind of like the hothead and a little bit more on like the flashy side. Um, and also written as like a queer character. Mm-hmm. But in a way that it's like that is kind of secondary to the actual character. It's just something that's there that they're not kind of making a huge deal about. It's written so subtly. And but then the way the character behaves 
it's just like a really interesting character study because you know she's kind of tough. You see the way she acts around like men. Also, Dr. Dre's uh, yeah. first cinematic yeah. performance. Incredible. But like... Actually great. Actually great. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. But yeah, the way she acts around men and kind of like shows off of it and like has to act tough. Like it's such a solid character. And then you have like Vivica A. Fox who just thinks she can like pound the pavement and kind of work her way up is a little bit more not on like the princess side or anything like that but like is a little bit more maybe materialistic and a little bit more like i'm too fucking good for this shit um and then jada Mm -hmm. who's just like giving everything to kind of like get her brother on the up because she thinks that like if she raises him right and like gets him to college like that'll you know which is just such a good representative representation of women in general like i think they mm-hmm. are amazing women are amazing and like they <laughs> are supportive like, and they want the best and they really fucking look out for people and will put other people's needs before their own um and yeah and like kimberly at least just with their big doe eyes mm-hmm. is like you know just like so hopeless but like full of hope and like just loves her kid i don't know fucking love and then together they're just their dynamic is amazing the way they talk to each other interact with Mm -hmm. each other and have each other's backs i i say i love that scene where they're all smoking weed listening to bone thugs on their roof i was like fuck Mm -hmm. what a vibe yeah that's fucking awesome yeah before they go and do their first robbery it's so good you know Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just i was actually thinking boom to your point like i was like this would if we did Sex in the City, I would pair this with Sex in the City. Like, I, I really felt that genuinely where it was like, yeah, this is like a group of friends that just like know each other so well and are just there for each other and exploring all the like complicated things in their life in a way that's honest. And that was what was also refreshing about this as like a mm-hmm. heist movie. There is like real emotion. Like it's when they're not heisting, it's it's real emotional content of just like people really working through complicated, complex issues in their lives. And, and, and the film actually handles it well. Um, which is like, wow, and just okay. like have your cake and eat it too. It's like, wow. This and is so, so well performed, like mm-hmm. in that opening bank sequence, um, uh, you know, Vivica is giving it her all when she's like yelling at the cop and crying there. And then when, when Jada's brother is shot, like they just do, yeah. They're like every every performance is just like really good. We're inundated with like these Mark Wahlberg fucking vanilla ass performances of like crime movies, <laughs> or like just Al Pacino yelling at you for four and a half hours. Like you get these. There's so many of these one note crime movies, and like yet this has such a range of characters, a range of emotions, and all that sort of stuff. It's like come on, like. I agree. It's just so underappreciated. It's 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 brutal, you know. Um, yeah. Also, their Godfather scene. Oh my God! Is that what they were? So ups- like they're so doing the funny. Godfather, yeah, so with good. the music yeah. too. So silly. In incredible that scene. I was busting yeah. a gut. Like it was so great. There and all like all of their performances there are so uh, so yeah. funny. So funny. What do they call Happy fiftieth? Uh, Godfather, by the way. <laughs> Celebrate yeah, by watching right. Set It Off. All right, before we get to our categories, let's chat. Uh, g- got to talk about that finale scene. Oh my God. Uh, amazing. Like, so. I 
so tense. So, so fucking tense. tense. Like, and it's like 15, 20 minutes, maybe something like that. Like the whole final mm-hmm. bank robbery sequence. And like the action is amazing. And then also they all fucking die except, except for, uh, uh, Jada. But I did not expect all of them just to die like one by one by one. I mean, that was yeah. cool. I, I, that was like really, really awesome. I did not see that coming and, and thought it was like amazing. Especially well, uh, Cleo and the Vivica A's Fox character. I feel like they have so much, they, they're so like prideful almost. Mm-hmm. And like their, their ends are just so epic. Yeah. Like you're absolutely yeah. gut wrench that they're dying. And so, and- but they're and symbolic yeah. of them. Yeah, symbolic and of their who characters. they are exactly. Like, and it's like their final stand. Like a, a queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Her, like, my God, she turns on the hydraulics, rips a sig, oh turns on God. the hydraulics, and just drives straight so into the cops. Ah, oh, so fuck. how I there's fucking so, iconic so fucking, is that? So like, good. Also, she fakes when, out a helicopter. Yeah. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So good. When um, there's that scene that when she goes to light that cigarette, that performance, mm. there's a point where she just like it hits her like she knows what's about to happen. And she has this moment of like, like she's scared. She's sad. She's like she knows what's about to go down. And then the way she just like turns that weight way down and the fuck you attitude way up and then just like goes through it. You're just like, that's that was it's perfect. It's so great. Like such great nuanced performance. From mm-hmm. Queen Latifah, and like, yeah, I've not seen her in a lot of stuff, so I, I'm, I like, I, I don't know one way or another, but it was just beautiful to watch, like Chicago. so good. Yeah, no, <laughs> never seen. It. I, I don't know if it holds wow. up. I used to like that a lot. Uh, hairspray, like hello. Maybe. Oh, hairspray, hello. bringing down the yeah. house. Come on. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> incredible, in, in, just that finale is, is amazing. I. Yeah. Shot so well. The bank stuff. Yeah. The masks. Oh, the God. masks it's are so great. Cool. Like they're if you're gonna put like if you're gonna do a heist with a mask, it better be cool. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Dead presence. And yeah. exactly. Um this was so great. The way it inter like the way it moved on their mm-hmm. face. Because it like just showed off like how not good at this they are, you know, like they're just barely good enough yeah. to do this. They're not particularly great at this job. They've just been doing it for a month, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, and you never, and that's the thing that's great. It's like they never like somehow become great bank robbers mysteriously. Mm-hmm. They're never good at it, and I love that that it's always showing that they're always in over their head. They shouldn't be doing this. It's not, you know, it's it's out of pure desperation that they're there. And that's what gives the stakes during that sort of standoff with the cops so much power because it's like, you don't want them mm-hmm. there. And yet you knew this is where they would go if they continued mm-hmm. doing it. Like the movie does such a great job of telegraphing mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, it's a disaster from the word yeah. go pretty much. Anything else before we go to our categories? Um, yeah, the okay. relationship between oh, yeah. Jada and Blair Underwood in that yes. sex, sex scene. <laughs> oh, the sex scene that is crazy. Was that's one of the most erotic things I've ever seen. Yeah, on film. I mean, like t- two very attractive people, but then also the way it's the shot way it's shot. Like, like the, the the song that drops. Uh, uh, oh. 
incredible. More than friends. Yes, more than friends. And then like when it's everything like it's shot like a porn. Like the lighting, Mm -hmm. the way they're just like dripping oil on each other, like the ass shots. Like it's 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 incredible. The ass. The ass shot is crazy yeah. and should have won a award somehow. <laughs> I don't know what kind of award it should get, like, but it should get it an award. On top of it just being like super hot, it was like so stylish and like looked amazing. Like their bodies mm-hmm. looked incredible. Every shot was incredible. The kind of like the the scene transitions and the flashing like yeah, inc- or the frame transitions and the and the flashing like incredible. And that's where you and can tell song, he directed a music video. He's like a music video guy. Yeah, I feel like in like that scene in particular, which is so, it like look like and a music which is video. such a fun element to kind of bring into. I like when music video directors make movies mm-hmm. because, especially in like the late '90s and early 2000s, because it was such a specific time, mm-hmm. and having that kind of, you know fused in with like film or whatever um is always just a good time yeah spike spike jones and, and yeah incredible spike jones Rid- yeah well, ridley ridley was it ridley scott a, i think so director, uh-huh. michael yeah. bay also i it's because you learn how to be efficient storytellers mm-hmm. and i think given his uh get at gary f gray f gary, f. gary gray um, with a budget of nine million dollars, like you said, conceptually you need to understand what you're shooting, and it's that knowledge of short, short, uh, short yeah, brief narratives. Yeah, exactly. Gives you that knowledge of like how much do I need to tell a, an effective yeah. story? What are the shots I need to get that across yeah. to you? And that's why it's like the camera moves in such a great way during that final battle um, because mm. of that. Um, but I have to ask a question about what's his name, Keith. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it kind of feels a little bit like oh yeah. No, sorry, you go. <laughs> I no, just but realized- that was too much of an epiphany. You need to okay, because no, when I was watching this, I realized. So we're talking about heist movies. Uh-huh. These roles are typically like spaced or taken. These roles are typically done by like men, specifically mm-hmm. white men. Mm-hmm. And the story, as much as we're breaking convention and breaking tropes, so the romantic interest is always the woman and it's Keith. Like Keith is not a woman, but it's like a total gender swap mm. because he's kind of like mm. there. He's not really in the know. He's just wants the best for her. Like he is a bit of like, obviously like, you know, he is very much so a man. He plays a stereotypical even, like female role in these types of movies. What would exactly. be the female role? Yeah. And then even at the end, like with the call that Jada, yeah. like, Jada calls and he's like just there. And I was like, that is always like, it's always a woman on the other line getting that call. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I was just like, yes. oh, this is so fucking yeah. good. Like, I, it's just, yes. I don't know. I It made me really excited yeah. when I was watching it this last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like normally, yeah, like you said, the normally the female character to that would be like, this is why leaving the game would be worth mm. it. Like, come and like get out of this dangerous life you're living and come and like mm-hmm. live in this right. like nice, the, the safer, whatever, like, um, right. Yeah, like a safer right. environment, which is kind of like what's interesting about that because I like that. As much as he comes into her life and is saying all these things about like wanting more and like living a better life, an elevated life, 
she has always had that as part of her personality mm-hmm. already. And I liked that because part of me was like, who is this guy's going to tell her what to do? Like she, he's going to be an influence mm-hmm. on her. I was like, no, no, that's not true. That's her. She's already thinking this way. This has already been her, like the idea of like, I'm going to get my, my brother mm. through college. Like we're going to, we're going to get out. We're going to be bigger than this. Like it's not his influence that changes her mind, but it's, it's someone who like encourages her and, and believes in what she believes and gives her a reason to say like, yes, what I'm thinking or how I'm thinking is the mm. right way and empowers her to like do what she feels she needs to do, which I really love mm. about that. Love it. Love, love that. Uh, let's go to our categories. Yeah. Cool. Uh, first up, our criterion moment for those who are just joining us for the first time. Uh, our criterion moment is where we choose the scene or sequence in which why we think it was the film was added to the criterion. This is not in the criterion collection, but this is why we think it should be or shouldn't be in some cases, but this is why it should be. Um, boom. You want to go first? Your pick. My criterion moment? Yes. Um, oh God, like so many, but probably has to be when everything's said and done, Jada's in Mexico staring at the money and having, and just like crying. And then it's like doing like the flashes of memories and like realizing, just staring at the money, realizing all her friends are dead breaking down then also kind of laughing and remembering because she's just like wow this whole situation is so ridiculous like how did this even happen and then she's looking at the money and then she starts crying again like so good and such a great like uh cumulative moment um for this film I'd say like mm-hmm. you know what what was it all for like why you know um mm-hmm. but and then she chops her hair off and drives off into the sunset, which is great as well. But yeah, that moment is amazing. Mm. Love it. Catch uh, you want to go? Uh, sure. Uh, I think it's the, the first robbery where it's just Deshaun doesn't even come. Wigs look like shit and they do it. It's just so haphazard and it just shows you so much about like what this story is going to be about. Um and it just lets them be fun and exciting and like energetic and uh, and show like why why just like out of will alone that they mm. could do this like without having necessarily mm. the skills but like the will the mm. desire. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, mine is going to be just the opening sequence. I know I've talked about it a bunch, but I just like really really loved the opening the opening prologue. It, it's just so fucking good, and also it just shows how great Vivica a Fox is because she's amazing in that. And also, like, mm-hmm. I had the realization, like, when I watched that scene, I was like, you know, no wonder. I'm sure the time when, like, she was cast in Kill Bill, people were like, Vivica A. Fox, like, doing, like, a, you know, Kill Bill, like, action movie, stuff like that. But, like, Quentin Tarantino obviously loves, I guarantee you loves this movie. Like, I, I would bet a lot of things that he loves this movie. And I'm willing to bet yeah. he's one of the people who saw this movie and was like, I need to make a movie for Vivica A. Fox to like play this like badass like character. And I feel like seeing this, I'm like, well, duh, like why isn't, why didn't she do just a million other action movies after that? Cause she's like so incredible uh, in, in this movie. But so yeah, so for me, that opening sequence. And then our second category uh, is going to bring it, bring it back to deep, deep cover, which is the, uh, 
what is it the the genesis of this exploration mm. good word right i know um mm-hmm. that's good <laughs> so for me for me obviously i think was really interesting to me as a, about these two movies is that like kind of the same era of, of film obviously like mid early 90s um same very similar setting like la um sort of people getting caught in a world they don't necessarily like want to be caught in um featuring like powerhouse like black actors um but i for me like what was really interesting to me is that i think you know people a lot of reviews i read about this movie is that like oh it's like you know it's a crazy like 90s action romp but i actually think that's like not giving this movie enough credit um mm, you know my agreed. my big relations like when you watch deep cover that felt like this is a fucking 90s movie like you could only make this movie now and it rocks because it was made at this time and like feels like from this era and so I approached, um, set it off in like kind of the same mind frame, but it like felt like a, it, it felt like a modern movie to me. Obviously there's some, like, I think there's some silliness, like the Godfather portion and, uh, you know, maybe the Queen mm-hmm. Latifah portion, but I could see the Queen Latifah portion being in like a Jordan Peele movie. Like I can see Jordan Peele yeah. doing something just like that at the end of like one of his movies. Right. Um, and, and so I guess for me, it's like, I think, um, like a realization or maybe like a theme I have aside from the movies being very good is that I feel like. Um, and I'm, I'm, I do this all the time. Is that like, I think, you know, I think we as like cinephiles and, and film lovers maybe need to do a better job of separating like genre, like black genre movies, I think from like where they are, because on paper, again, mm-hmm. I went in this approaching like, Oh, it's going to be like a very similar vibe, but like, they're totally different. You know, there's, there's era, the themes are very, very similar, but like in terms of like filmmaking and the writing and stuff like that, like, um, you know, like black genre movies aren't just black genre movies. Like you got two completely 100%. different experiences. Um, and I really, really mm. love that because they are super related, but so different at the same time. So that that's kind of like my big takeaway from, from that. Yeah, I think they do a lot of the time, like stuff like this does get kind of put in. It, it's kind of like a melting pot, mm-hmm. right? Like it gets all put in in the same place and boiled down to just being like another black story mm-hmm. post Rodney King, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, yeah, these things are very relevant um, and definitely kind of where these films are born from, but they, they take completely different forms for sure. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah, it's like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say quickly, like just like the effect of like say nine 11 mm-hmm, on cinema mm-hmm. and the kinds mm-hmm, of stories mm-hmm. that get told right in the same way. It's like, yeah, of course, when something like Rodney, a situation like Rodney King happens, that's going to bleed into the art mm-hmm. that gets made. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that United 90, whatever, 90, 93, know, 93, yeah. United 93 and War of the Worlds are like in somehow in the same right, conversation. Right, right. They're just not. They're two totally separate movies that wouldn't even remotely be considered unless it's a list of movies, yeah. you know, about that, whatever, about 9-11. And so in that same way, I think we like me personally, I, that lesson definitely was learned. Yeah. Just even these last two movies for sure, 100%. And yeah. you look at films like this and it's less so about kind of like being the same thing over and over again. And it's actually more so about the innovation and kind of creativity that's taking place that you're honestly not. I mean, you know, now you can kind of track it back, but you track it back to these films and like, and you see where we are now and, and, all of that and like Jordan Peele is amazing, but is entirely derivative of this moment in his like, you know what I mean? So like I mean this is a very exciting I mean it's like Widows, great movie, 
deserves mm-hmm. praise. But people were talking about like, oh, no movie has ever been done like this. Uh, this like, should win mm-hmm. all the Oscars and the, you know, whatever, all the awards. Like there was like legit awards talk for Widows, which again, very good movie. Um, but watching this, I'm like, why the fuck isn't like every single person who like, went to riot on Twitter that widows wasn't nominated for best picture needs to go watch set it off like right now because there is no widows Mm -hmm. without this movie. And like, whether or not you think this Mm -hmm. is better than widows, that's like not the point. But I think like this movie that's kind of like has fallen out of sort of the canon of not only heist movies, but like black film making nineties movies uh, just deserves to be like, I think spoken of more and like kind of put on a higher pedestal yeah like, like in, in you know it's the f- exactly i don't think things deserve to be like overly praised because they're like the first of whatever right. we get a lot of that in our time too right we're right. like the first like this vice president the first that it's like right. okay may, like sure you're black but like are you down like i don't <laughs> give a fuck and um but then the thing about these things is like there's actually merit. Like these sh- yeah. this shit fucking slaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, especially, <laughs> especially considering like cine- like cinephiles, filmmakers, film critics. Like it's always a there's always talk about like where things came from, the history mm-hmm. of stuff, the relevance of stuff. Like how many times does a gangster movie, come, a modern gangster movie, come out and it's like oh uh, there's talk of go- uh, right. you know, Goodfellas right. and The Godfather and all that stuff. There's those conversations are always and they're they're all that sort of comes in naturally into talking about it. And yet like widows comes out. Does anyone talk about set it off at once in any of the right. articles? Like some maybe, things, some, did, yeah, maybe some did, maybe some did, but it's it's not the same. Like and, when Joker yeah, came like, I was out, just, fucking everyone talked about the King of New York for God knows how long or no, was it for, not King of yeah. New York? Right. King of yeah. New York, right. Yeah. Uh, no, no. King, King of comedy. comedy. Like that was King on every single article. It's like, Oh, look at this Scorsese, <clears throat> you know, rip off or whatever, which like, sure. Yeah. But it's just funny. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, because um, this shit is raw, yeah. and I feel like a lot of this, like Widows, is cool, but like Widows is a very flattened version of this. Yeah. You know, like it's very controlled. Steve McQueen is like is an incredible filmmaker, yeah. but it's all very under his like thumb, if that makes sense. Like, but this mm-hmm. is like very raw, like coming from just a place of people being stoked that this movie is even getting made. And then like mm-hmm. going from there yeah. and just like being as creative as they possibly can, because like, there's so much on the line, like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah I just, I don't know. I just, it's just very exciting. I just Google searched Steve McQueen set it off. And I like actually don't see like any articles talking about. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Right, let's do yeah. set it off. Widows. Yeah. Set it off. Set it off. Widows yields zero articles. Actually. Totally. And also, yeah, like, right. might I add that like <laughs> these films and this and it also sucks because I'm like I don't want to point like I think like the black filmmakers that exist now are amazing, but they also their work is becomes very palatable for white audiences mm. which i don't think that like deep cover and set it off i don't think we're particularly concerned with no not at all that es- especially Whereas, deep cover i think deep cover was like pretty firmly i mean this one too but i think when i was watching deep cover i'm like man i'm, I'm surprised that exactly and it. now <laughs> it's like amazon prime and all this shit is involved where it's like we're not like the movies aren't being made for me yeah. or e- like even like the asian american movies like they're the, like there's this put onness of them and even if they're being produced and made by like 
creators that mm. are of that culture, it's still very, I'm like, this isn't, this is, this is so a white audience can have like an idea of mm. like what mm. Mm. It, it's, it's very speculative. I, I think, I but would, anyways, I would push back on that and but only for the sake of conversation, even though maybe we're running long, but like, sorry. <laughs> That was my no, fault. No, no, I, no, I, no, I no, I, not, no, 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 not because of you, but I'm just saying, just yeah. looking at time. But like, I would argue that this movie makes just as much sense to a white audience member as a black audience member. I mean, sure, some of the things culturally won't land for everyone, mm -hmm. but I think the difference is this movie isn't lauded because there was no push. Like, there's, there's no like making this a big moment when you go to the cinemas with marketing and right. all that stuff. It's like, oh, this is a very, this we're going to make this movie. It's a very, like, like even with deep cover in terms of getting Lawrence Fishburne, it's like, we're going to sell this uh, to black right. audience members. <laughs> this is a niche thing. And then that's it. And it's sort of the same thing where we're just going to, this is just going to be our like black led film of the year. Here you go. No, but no, it was no different. real push behind it. I think I agree with you. Like, I don't think that like like studios were pushing and, you know, being very forthcoming with budgets and things like that for marketing. But the 90s like was a very specific time where there's like a lot going on with like black television and black film. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is like the difference was kind of like the fight as well to have these things be made. Like, I understand that it's still like the balance. It's still off kilter now where it's like for every like one colored person project, there's going to be like 10 like power of the dogs. But like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so, okay. So I, we're running long. Okay. Really quickly. 1996, okay. 1996 movies, Twister, uh, 92, $92 million budget. For Twister, right? Yeah. Like, and and yes, fun that, fun movie, fine. But like The Rock, Romeo plus Juliet, like Hamlet. I mean, these aren't like bad movies per se. But if we're talking about like where the studios are going to throw their money at, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just there's a clear difference. Like to catch his point, like there's but a now, like the studio, yeah, kind of felt like like this was made to like just to say they made like a black movie. Like I agree with catches like that is like kind of what it felt like, especially when you're looking at these other movies totally but you know? i think but i think behind the scenes they're being fought to be made as well right so it's like yes, yeah yeah yes, a yes, shitty sir. budget but look at what we're doing yeah. with these shitty budgets and then now look up the budget for the underground Rail railroad project that barry jenkins did for prime video like mm. yeah. you know that's like how many that's on par with whatever like white shit's being made on prime so <laughs> But it's slave shit, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Like yeah. I, I just it, 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 I feel more energized by, by content like this mm. than I do from what I'm seeing now. Mm. I feel like we're flattening sure. the black experience mm. and marketing it and selling it to people who don't give really give a fuck. Mm. They just want to say that they're experiencing it, mm. um, but they have no idea mm. and. That's my really intense opinion that I didn't know we were gonna get into. Sorry, I opened I opened up those can of worms <laughs> really quickly. Catcher, relating this back to deep cover thoughts. Um, well, I mean, Sorry. to be honest, like it really was this thing I talked about earlier uh, in terms of under, hearing about a, a subject 
and then actually getting to experience it and its effects and this idea of like society telling you who you are um, and having to, the struggle of that. Like I, I found that to be a really interesting like sub, like a shared subject matter between the two movies. And again, as the white dude mm-hmm. on the show, um, it is, you know, and having friends of different races and all this stuff and understanding the struggles that are going on and like, and respecting and acknowledging, but there's, there's also this beautiful thing about art where you can, in a small, subtle way, experience like a profound thought and saying like, oh, that's really what that is like. That, you know, questioning who you are, questioning what you, you think you can do, questioning how you can, like, how you're supposed to get it, what, what, you, what, you're, what is owed to you, what you deserve, what kind of life you want. And like this, these two movies have been really interesting way of seeing like, oh yeah, this is what happens when like the society around mm. you has decided what you are and who mm. you can be. Uh, and uh, uh, that's just been very enlightening. So I, I really appreciated those two things. For nice. Sure. Uh, yeah. Boom. Anything to relate it back to deep cover or recovered it for good? I think I said so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, check out our emails. We got one email from a uh, dear friend, Omar Suplex. Um, he is in the VHS village over at 70 millimeter. You can check out that talk to him, the folks at 70 millimeter and us were in there. Um, for like five bucks a month. Go check him out. 70mmpod.com. Uh, Omar says, what's going on, Synonauts? Omar writing in from the Tower of Love TM. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was so pumped hearing that y'all are going to cover this heist classic, set it off. I saw this for the first time when I was nine years old and I thought oh God, this was yes. one of the coolest movies that I've ever seen. I wish I would seen this when I was nine. Uh, it felt edgy. Ooh. The leads looked like they were actually friends and seeing them rob banks resonated me with as a child, I guess. LOL, I firmly believe that this deserves to be in the top 10 list of best heist movies. Thank you. Thank you. I was like top three, honestly. Uh, Queen Latifah hitting the switches before driving away, trying to peel away still gives me the chills. That scene with Jada and Blair Underwood when Unvogue starts to play, that's what we're missing in movies these days. A fantastic performance from all four leading ladies. I love the show and look forward to it every Friday. Take it easy. Omar, thank you. And God bless. Yeah. Me, me and Omar email. connect. Me and Omar connected today because one of the notes that I wrote while watching this movie, specifically during that sex scene, was the sex scene from Batman that got cut out, it was put into this movie. Mm. This is this is the Wait. sex scene that we needed from yeah. the Batman. Okay. I agree. Like like I agree. The, the sex that Boom was missing, this is it. I'm not missing any sex. Let's set the record <laughs> straight. No, no. Okay. Right. Well. Also, okay, really quickly, and that scene where that one guy's having sex and they barge in, and then Queen Latifah goes, get out that pussy. <laughs> Fuck. Are you kidding me? God, that's amazing. I, I, I like re I rewound because I heard it. I was like, did I hear that guy? I rewound. I was like, get, time to get out that pussy. <laughs> So, so fucking good. So great. Uh, we anyway, have gone off the Omar. rails. Yeah. Uh, do we have any tea with Boom this week? Yeah. Yeah. So I just asked, what is everybody's favorite heist movie? We got some fun answers. Marcy obviously said Widows, which for the record, mm. I love a lot. Yes. Very good nope. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ty said Ocean's Eleven. Haitian based and Kate Greenwald both said Italian job. Mm. Neil said Fantastic Mr. Fox. Is that a heist Ooh, movie? That's a great 
call. Who was that? Was that Neil? Neil. Bradbury? Yeah. Voice of the Synonauts. Wow. The great. fourth. Synonaut. That's a great call. The fourth Synonaut. That is a that is a great heist movie and a very good call. Yeah. I did not think about that. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch it then. I don't. I've never seen a. Wait, was Wes Anderson who does that movie? Yeah. I've never yeah. seen yeah, a Wes Anderson yeah. movie in my life. Um. And I don't know why I'm proud about that, but I am for some reason. And then Madame McGuffin said, his heart, so. I love you, yeah, and you're fine. I'll watch it, it just for you. I'm letting it move on. Um, and then Madame McGuffin says, Jackie Brown. Mm. And that's Great. the tea with Boom. Thank you. Check out the tea at Synonauts on Instagram and Twitter or email us at synonautspod at gmail.com. Next week, we are continuing our exploration of deep cover with my pick, and that is Boys in the Hood. Boys We're continuing hood. this train. There he's back. The greatest cinematic exploration. I'm so excited of our time. Um, can't wait for it. Boom catcher. Any final words? Peace and love, and I'm not as mad as I sound. <laughs> I'm actually a very chill person. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Thank you. See you next week. Goodbye. Get out that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.